Hi, I'm Terry White, the Editor-in-Chief of Empire Magazine. Um, and we are joined by an incredible panel tonight. Uh, let's introduce them onto the stage. Please join me in welcoming director and co-writer Shane Meadows. <laughs> co-writer Jack Thorne. Woo! <laughs> Producer Nikki Sol, come and join us. And our incredible actors tonight we have Neve Algar, Helen Behan, and Stephen Graham. Does anybody need water? I think your, so much water came out of your face, Nikki, during that screening. That I, I know. Maybe yeah. need to, yeah. may need to replenish. Feel free. Um, Shane, I'm going to start with you, and we're going to jump right in. So this is your first TV project since This Is England, but this has been, the virtues has been in your head for a long time, right? Uh, yeah, it was, it was kind of born out of, um, uh, the whole thing began, um, I'd uh, been through uh, something in my childhood that I um, didn't realise had kind of happened until I got to about 40. And, uh, and I got to the bottom of this, um, this thing that had happened in my life as a kid and, and I'd had fragmented memories. Mm. So that the very basis, the, the, the sort of acorn, if you like, for Joseph's journey was, was born out of something that happened to me as a kid. Um, and, um, and, and fundamentally, I... When I discovered this thing, I sort of went into a place uh, of, of trying to track down the people that had done it. Mm. Um, and with having two young, I was coming back from uh, trying to privately envelop. I was like Columbo, and, uh, but not a good Columbo, more like a sort of uh, <laughs> Travis Bickle-style Columbo. <laughs> and, I, and I was sat with my kids having tea one night, and, and I just about tracked down this, this guy that I wanted to find. Um, and I kind of wanted to confront him, basically. Um, but I, I, I knew if I confronted him any, at any stage in that conversation, he smirked at me. I was probably going to jump over the table and bite something off his face. Uh, so I decided to ring Jack and, uh, and talk about making something instead, which I thought was probably far healthier. And, um, and I met with Jack a couple of years ago and sat in a room with Jack and told him about this thing and said, you know, ultimately, I don't want it to be about me. It's not about mm. me, but there's... Um, I want to create a series where I get a chance to face somebody that wronged me. Um, and, uh, and I knew um, uh, there was a number of actors that I'd met over the year that I wanted to work with. Um, you know, and, and Helen, obviously, Stephen, I've worked with mm. many times and, you know, and will work with again many times. But Helen was one of these people that I'd worked with on This Is England and she didn't really get a big uh, canvas with which to sort of work with me. So I always knew... I wanted to um, almost write a part with Helen in mind, and so me and Jack sat down together, knowing that we, um, you know, we were going to make something rather than me go off and be naughty, <laughs> and um, and yeah, and it, it that that was the, the seed, if you like. And Jack, do you remember that phone call? Um, and and you two have worked together before, right? So yes. you are collaborators and you have a process. Was this process different because it did start from this personal place or what were the next kind of steps? Yeah, no, it was uh, extraordinary and it was, um, uh, yeah, if you imagine 
We're in, was it a leisure centre? What yeah. was that place? Like? <laughs> a leisure centre. It was a kind of art centre for right. um, yeah, people <laughs> exhibit their works and stuff. Yeah, they put plays on at Christmas and stuff. Uh. Yeah, it was child-based theatre area. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we were in this little room there. And uh, yeah, just imagine two bald men sobbing. Uh, <laughs> that was sort of it. It was, um, it was a real uh, privilege and a really extraordinary thing to be trusted to be part of that. And uh, um, an experience uh, that I, the like of which I'd never had before. Um, and um, yeah, no, I was just, then from then it was just trying to do, do our best with Shane's heart. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, and it felt very, very important and significant. Mm. And um, so, yeah, that was, you know, yeah, it felt uh, a, an honor and um, something that needed, you know, and, uh, and um, you know, a burden. Mm. Both things at once that, you know, you didn't want to do wrong by this man who's very, very important to me and very, very special to me. Oh. And, uh, you know, and uh, so, yeah, yeah, that was the sort of writing process. <laughs> One of fear and, uh, <laughs> and, and love. Healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Nikki, you and Shane have obviously worked together for years as well, but this was your first producing role. And this has obviously been an emotional experience for you. Do you feel like, Jack, like it was an amazing opportunity for you, but also came with this extra significance? Yeah, it, it's, um, I mean, to do something as a first producing job that's as special as that is, is I don't know how many people get that opportunity. But obviously to work with Shane on something, as Jack said, that's quite important for him personally is, is also amazing. But having said that, I can see some of our amazing crew in the audience as well. Yeah. And um, I think one of the things, like Jack was saying, that had to have the heart and to have the fear, but so you don't want to let him down, it's I think every single crew member, every single person that works on his shows gives heart and soul and body. And, it's not, it's mind and body. It's mind and body, heart and soul. And uh, as well as the cast, every single person, mm. down to the runners, down to the camera trainees, every single person gives everything. And I think you can, you can see that. Yeah. Talking about uh, body, Neve, that was quite a entrance. <laughs> yeah. Swing in. Is that a natural punch? It was a natural punch, yeah. <laughs> nah. Uh, we we uh, choreographed, didn't we, Shane? Well, you're you're a boxer, so you don't. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she does. She she's boxed and stuff. Yeah. So she's won stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, we because we we kind of had chat about stuff like about a bit of boxing in, in the <laughs> workshops, and then read the first Dina's first scene, and I was like, oh, so we've got that in there. Yeah. Yeah. She's told because people tell me stuff about their life where we're just having food in between. Them. Yeah. <laughs> and then I sort of ring Jack and. Uh, up. Yeah. And then the next time you look Isn't at the that? script, you're suddenly a boxer. Yeah, it's like yeah. comes in literally uh, with a bang. Yeah. yeah. Um, Helen, as Shane said, he, they created this role for you, and obviously you were in '88 and '90. Yeah. This is England. Everybody, I'm sure, remembers you as Lowell's confidant, especially in 88, your role was so significant. Um, when this opportunity came up, what was it about Helen? And can you talk a little bit about the process? Because as some people have mentioned, this kind of organic workshopping process that allows you to craft the character as much as yeah. the writers. Um, workshopping is 
like group therapy, I've said it many times, you go in and start to talk about the character and inevitably start talking about ourselves. And um, through that process, and it takes a long time, you get to really know the character. I mean, I read Anna off the page and I saw a lot of myself in her. And I think Shane, you know, talking to you, you take snippets out of people and, uh, and incorporate them into the character so that the character feel com feels comfortable. And there's a lot of me in Anna. There's a lot of Anna in me. And when we workshopped and talked about our history, I, um, I have a, a, um, my own story with um, an adopted brother. So Shane knew these things about me from long conversations we've had together. And it wasn't that that was the reason, but he knew that I would be able for that emotion and that, yeah. that input into the character. So when that came up, um, I was able to uh, feed into my own personal experience. So. Um, it was a no-brainer. Yeah, yeah, please was the answer. Of course, I I, I jump at the chance. To, to, and and as you said, eighty-eight and ninety were fantastic experiences. My mouth is incredibly dry. Apologies. <laughs> um, when it came time for Anna, it was a meteor part. It was uh, a character I knew. It was a chance to work. Thanks, brother. Your brother's helping you out. <laughs> Cheers, love. <laughs> it was a chance to work with Stephen, who's a very generous actor, and while I was very nervous. <laughs> <laughs> generous with his wall. Don't leave her hanging. Don't leave me hanging. But it was a, it was an, a, a, an easy an easy role to, to no matter what the challenge would have been, I would have, have gone for it. And that bedroom scene, I just want to talk about first time you've had a conversation in 30 years. You move from devastation to hilarity. The Silla Black line landed <laughs> fantastically in the room. I have to say, could hear people laughing and sobbing at the same time, which is quite the sound. And um, was that one take I read between you two? It, the one that got yeah. used was pretty yeah. much the, the the initial take. We because in the years that have gone by, sometimes things have got lost on hard drives and things. We always tend to um, lay down a backup mm. afterwards. Um, I mean, briefly, from my point of view, that scene never nearly got shot. Um, it was going to get shot, but we nearly uh, cancelled it. Helen had some truly awful news on that morning, and I mm. had some family news that landed on the same day. And um, and Stephen was, it got my dad was going to drive me off, and Helen, we were going to, it wasn't going to happen. And it was one of those moments where I think me, Stephen, and Helen sat in a room together and uh, made a a decision together to just give it one go because of the emotion that was around. It was either one of them where you'd go on, start snotting about something completely different and, <laughs> yeah. and it wasn't going to work. Um, and uh, I have to thank Stephen for that day because my head had kind of gone and we, um, you know, we went and gave it a go. It was one of those, let's just give it an hour of our time. And the crew, a lot of the scenes that you've watched, virtually all of the scenes that you've watched have been shot on multiple cameras. <coughs> and I think, you know, there was usually five to seven cameras on every scene, which enables the guys, they, because I, I really feel for actors when they kind of, they're expected to give 100% 75 times in a row. Yep. It's impossible, you know, you can't, you know, li real life can't happen twice in a row, really. Um, so we, we set up the, the room to, you know, to give it this one, one go, it could have failed and crashed and burned. But um, I think the fact that sometimes if you've not got the pressure, sometimes if you think, well, we'll give it a whack and we'll come back again, mm. magical things come from that. And, um, and I, I'm not going to lie, that I was petrified of that scene because I kind of, 
you know, you know, we'd sort of written it, but you, you could never, how'd you get over that amount of history in, in 10 minutes? And so, um, honestly, when I, I was sat there watching it kind of going uh, mesmerised um, as it was going through, because it pretty much got dropped in at the length that it is now and never changed. Um, but I was also massively thankful because I was I was not I was having sleepless nights about mm. the scene because I didn't know unless it was completely and utterly real how you could ever get that information across because if you try and write it it feels pushed in um, and they managed to just somehow make it completely and utterly real um, and it's believable you know I don't think it was possible to kind of write it as well as they said it. I remember seeing it on the page and panicking, wondering how the hell, I mean, knowing my own experience, but wondering how the hell we'd approach it. And I remember in rehearsals, um, the space it is so intense. And Shane would always say, I, I want to tell the story. And if something else, you know, honest and interesting is happening over here, I want to go to that. And so always constantly searching for something that feels believable. And so when we were in the uh, uh, rehearsal space, we were talking about all the possible histories Anna and Joseph could have had, where they came from, etc. And we both kind of landed on the same thought and started talking uh, simultaneously about a, a shared history out of the ether, I can't explain it. And we all got quite emotional, if you remember. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And yeah. we started something and Shane said, stop. Mm -hmm. I can feel what's coming is right and let's not let it out before it's time. And that's how he works and that's how it works. And so we left it with all this stored up and on the day then, Thank Christ, it all just mm. rolled out in one take because it's, thanks be to God, not the kind of thing you could do 15 times. <laughs> <laughs> so how much of what we saw was actually in your original script? You'd probably have to answer that, Jack, because I... I have no idea. I, I, I honestly think... I, I, honestly, <laughs> I honestly think that that particular moment... That, that obviously, the principle of, of everything, their history was, was there, but I, I honestly think there was no way you could navigate... If, if you were writing it, you needed 150 pages, um, whereas real life, sometimes, uh, like the, the scene with Stephen in the first episode with his kid, there's not that many lines and there's only two or three emotional moments, but they kind of, they tell you everything and they bury you, where, you, where sometimes when you write that on a page, to everyone reading it, it doesn't seem like there's enough information, but the great thing about working with actors, you know, like Stephen and, 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 the, and the kid in that scene is, they're able, the subtext, the things that aren't said are the things that push you back in your chair. Mm. Um, Stephen, you've obviously worked with Shane quite a few times, and it's not the first heartbreaking character we've seen from you. What was it about Joseph? And then can you speak a little bit about what makes Shane such a unique filmmaker? Um, I think most things have been said so eloquently and beautifully. Um, uh, to start with Shane, you know, I'm... Um, I, there is no real words. Um, it's just that the experience is so overwhelming, and it's a it's from a place of such purity um, and honesty and joy that it, it, I went sound wanky and pretentious. It's it's not acting. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's it's not. It's you embody that that person and that character and that situation, and and but then that goes right across the board. As Nikki said, do you know what I mean? It's it's 
it's him, it's Nicky, it's Jack, it's 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 chicken pot Mark who can't be here. It's, it's, it's every single member of the crew, every single member of the crew. They're all so so emotionally involved, and and they just create this platform for you to be able to play. And it's everyone, you know. And the beautiful, the joy of Barcian is, I mean, without being disrespectful, but I've worked for a, a couple of directors who they're very they can be extremely opinionated about what it's meant to be and what it is but when a shane will take an idea open to the floor and anyone can bring that idea to the table do you know what i mean a, cla a clapperboard loader or or a spot it, it's up for grabs in there and i think that's what the magic of it is really personally for me the other thing is when you're working with him there's no wrong it can't be wrong it can just be an, a different way of looking at it in another way and then together through how he so beautifully orchestrates it and, and puts it together that th these words just come flying out of your mouth, you know what I mean? And him and Jack spend a long time creating the story and where the possibilities may go. But then it's kind of like you see the words and they go in somewhere and you speak them out, but then they become your own and you might change in a different way and there's no script supervisor going, well, you didn't say that. Didn't you? <laughs> you, know, you know, fucking hell, I was in tears. What <laughs> I know it says it, but, you know, <laughs> fucking hell. There's different ways of saying it. So, so you don't... And I can be terrible in them situations. <laughs> so that doesn't exist in this situation, do you know what I mean? And, and that's the joy. It's such a collaboration, and you feel such a part of it, whether you... And that's the other thing. I think Stanislavski said it, but... You know, there's no, there's no small parts, there's only small actors. And with Shane, any kind of role in, in his piece, you, you, you feel you're a piece of a jigsaw. Because if you weren't there, the picture wouldn't be complete. Mm. And that goes with everyone. That goes with the people in the caterers. That goes with his dad driving us to work and, and being a part of that whole experience. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's and just it, a joy. And it's the skills that these guys have, which it's funny because when you work on other jobs and you're working with lots of different cast members, I constantly get people going, oh, I want to work with Shane. How can I work with Shane? How can you get me into a room with Shane? Kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, but, but it's, it's, it's hard. This, these skills, these are not easy. It's like to actually, because actors are trained in a particular way of working. And with Shane, it's like, you've got to get out of your head and into the moment. Mm. And that's where the truth is. That's where the honesty is. And it's incredibly difficult for people mm. to do. These guys are just awesome at it. Mm. And, and you, it's, it's, we, you get spoiled. Mm. Yeah. Massively. I mean, today we did this thing about five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times a night, and it's it's causing you, you and you go, well, what, how many times do you want to do this same thing? <laughs> Let's get into that bit there and do the magic of it. And you know, you find with working with someone like Shane, it's such an honour and it's such a privilege and it's such a joy. And it's basically, you know, if you turned up in your Winnie Bago and it was on the edge of the cliffs of Dover or something, and you, you heard, right, we're shooting here today. You'd walk up to him and you'd go, right, do you want me to walk off or do you want me to jump off or am I running? <laughs> what, do you want me to run off? And you wouldn't ask if there was a safety net. <laughs> you just do it. You feel so comfortable in his hands, do you know what I mean? Because, because he comes from a place of... of, of this, he, he's, he's so delicate and he's so... It's our emotions at the yeah. end of the day, of the, mm. all the characters. But he looks after you, do you know what yeah, I mean? Like we, we trust do. them implicitly. You do like big scenes, big emotional stuff, and you feel safe because you're not. It's not like in another set where you're you go home and that's it. You're you know, 
we were, we were like a family on that. And yeah. You know, we go, yeah. go for dinner, go for, go for a follow up. And, and follow up. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, follow Jerry up. Springer, there was a counselor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I spoke to Stephen about this port. I don't know how many years ago that was, Stephen, of Joseph. Um, I kind of knew it was coming, but I didn't quite know the reason why. And, I, and it didn't come to fruition until, like I say, mm. what I'd said at the beginning. But um, I spoke to Stephen about that. I, I don't know what which project we were working on, but... It was going to be called Mary and Joseph. At that's one it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. based on your uncle. Yeah. The scaffolding and stuff. So like that, that goes back maybe 10 years or something, yeah, in that least, conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it's a mad one. And do you think now was the right time? Does it feel like it was worth the wait to make yeah. this? Uh, yeah, completely. Yeah, everything. I mean, I'm just talking to Jack about my next project and um, things. I think it's a, a wise thing to do as, as a, a director or a producer is to have a, a number of ideas that are running because um, sometimes things come in and out of vogue and you might be developing something for a year, two years. I was working on a cycling film about a guy called Tommy Simpson who died in the Tour de France in 67 in the race. And the Lance Armstrong film came out and died, and it, it took, I couldn't get my film funded off the back of it. There, were, there was nothing relatable about the two films, but cycling films all of a sudden didn't make money. Uh, and the one that had been made had lost a lot of money. So, you know, you, so you always have to have three or four things running, but then there's certain moments, um, like with the virtues, where it, ha it really did, you know. This is England, I think, and the, and the virtues were the two that personally I, I knew I had to get out the door. Mm. Well, I went crackers. <laughs> <laughs> and one last question for me, and then we will throw it out to the people out there. But really interested in how you shot a couple of those things specifically. And sort of thinking about in the pub, um, <coughs> as you're getting progressively more drunk, and then out in the street, which I'm presuming there's a body rig in the street. Yeah. And yeah. all of those, with those, everybody, and I suppose it goes back to trust, right? All of those people yeah. interacting with you were presumably... Real people on the street. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what kind of happened with that? I think we were, we were doing a scene, yeah. um, and it was about half two, three o'clock, and we were supposed to be in that pub for five o'clock. Oh, yeah. Remember? Yeah. And then Mark, I think Mark went, oh, right, well, what? Shane, <laughs> Shane, Shane is the best voice ever. Well, I, can't, I can't pretend to do the voice. Yeah, Shane does a brilliant voice. Much better than but, he, but he basically said, um, he said, well, we're not supposed to be there till such and such a time. You know, I'll just tell them to get three drinks at the bar. <laughs> so we turned up at what, eight? Mm. Yeah, they'd only had a couple of hours drinking, but they were, they were all locals in that pub. Mm. They, were, they were all genuine people from the pub, yeah. but we just sort of said we weren't rude. Free booze, don't we? We just said, get them a few drinks in, yeah. And it's, if, you, if you ask anybody in that pub if Steve was drunk, they would say, he was shit-faced, and that's just how amazing he is. I don't, well, I don't drink. He doesn't I don't drink. I haven't drank for a while. I don't drink. By the end of it, when the landlord was asking him to go and he'd fall out of the landlord, that Joseph was their friend, and they wanted to rip the landlord's head off. I'm not kidding. One of them was, like, this guy who was in there had only been out of prison a day for nine or something. And they loved you. They loved So they started off kind of going, you're talking about the scene, and they're going, yeah, we'll just be ourselves. And by the end of it, they're going, you fucking lay hand on John. And then I think he's kept in. That woman who was fucking bollocks, remember? <laughs> and she and I went to you, I went, she's cracking onto me there. And you went, keep going with it, keep going with it. <laughs> he's like, he's going to monitor, he's going, just go with it, just keep going. He's laughing his head off. And our amazing, our amazing DLP was just following me all over the gap. But I remember walking past a few times going, Jamie's going, keep going, it's great. <laughs> keep going. <laughs> he 
he's got the most like mortified when he left and got in the, the car, got in the car with my dad and sped off. <laughs> yeah, but that, that, shot, that scene was shot. Um, Nick Gillespie came on. I think I think he missed the first week and came on. And the first scene he shot was was that scene with Stephen. He had one camera. It's a camera you can go into Jessup's and buy. It's a great camera. This uh, really amazing low light camera called the Sony A7. And Nick shot, I think, when I, say, when I say we did two or three takes, that we didn't go back and reshoot anything. We started with Steve with a pint in his hand. So we'd have a little pause to change mm. tapes or whatever. Yeah. So it was one take shot with two little breaks. And so, you know, Nick kind of came in to, uh, you know, to, to, to run the show and was given this camera about that big and a pub full of slightly inebriated <laughs> blue ever and, so uh, and, and shot all, you know, it was the, the best like uh, on-screen audition I've ever seen in my life. It was, <laughs> it was incredible. Uh, filmmaking the Shane Meadows way. Right. <laughs> we are going to throw it open to you. We've got roaming mics either side. If you can put your hand up and just wait for the mic to reach you before you start. We do have press in the room. So if you are a member of the press, can you say who you are and where you're from? You don't have to if you're a normal nice person. And I would remind all press that there is an embargo of uh, 7th of May. And if there's any more questions, the Channel 4 press office can help you out. First question, uh, the lady in the middle, four rows from the back. mentions by not being yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm curious to know about PJ Harvey's contribution to the film and, and when she got involved and how she became involved and the story yeah. of her music because it's really fantastic yeah it, it, it was uh, you know you get these I don't know if kismet's the right word or that's that bad film in America where things happen by accident but um, <laughs> I as, as we were uh, it's a bit like a I knew that this was going to be much more of a dead man's shoes in soundtrack terms than it was going to be um, this is England. Obviously, this is England. You've got a soundtrack, a, t a time uh, in British history that's defined by its music. Whereas I knew this was a, a much more um, cinematic. It needed a score rather than a soundtrack. And, and I'm not joking. As I was on the cusp of um, having a word with my agent about trying to approach PJ Harvey to see if she'd be interested, because I knew that she'd scored, uh, she was scoring theatre and, uh, and she'd had some individual pieces, and I think she'd scored some short films. Uh, just as that was about to happen, they were getting in touch with the management. A letter arrived for me from PJ Harvey um, saying that she liked my work and would be interested in scoring it <laughs> before I'd spoken to her. So uh, I got to play it cool in that first meeting. <laughs> uh, I'm like, yeah, you know, what have you done? <laughs> uh, I was just about to kind of go in like this. Yeah. Um, and, um, and so we met. And, uh, <laughs> and, we, uh, and I met her. She was, she was uh, composing the soundtrack to a piece of theatre at the... Uh, I think at the Little Vic at the time, and we met up, and um, and I told all about the series, and the whole thing was done um, completely mobile, where she would, um, she read the scripts, she wrote tunes, she sent them to me, I would show her episodes and edits and stuff. She never, she she would send me tracks that she'd been inspired by what she'd. She would never put the. Um, put the images on. A lot of times people will score and they'll sit there, you know, with the little trill be on and all of that and maracas, <laughs> giving it all that large. But um, she... Uh, <laughs> she Spiralling. Yeah. Six-string bass. She, uh, she wrote it and sent me the music and I would, I would put it in. She sometimes didn't know which scenes I was going to use, so she sent me... Um, 
these incredible soundscapes, you know, these, um, um, and, 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 you know, and, and they really inspired me. So it wasn't a traditional thing where I would give her a finished episode and she would then write over the top of it. It was a real two-way thing. And I think she came up uh, last October and sat and watched all the episodes with the music in it. The intention was always for her to do these demos mm. and then to go into a studio and record them. And when she came up, I said, look, I don't know how you feel about it, and I'm sure you, you want to go in the studio, but I, I've fallen in love with how they sound. And, I, and I, it, you can redo them if you want, but I'd love to keep them as they are. And she just said, I, I'm over the moon with it, and let's not do anything else to it. So yeah, she was incredible, really, really wonderful, and really open, No, didn't want any control, just wanted to serve the story. So yeah, I was really lucky. Do we have another question? Um, Second row, just here. Hi, Lisa from Weekend Magazine. Um, question for you, Stephen. Um, what are the emotional challenges for you for, from going from playing a real hardball character in Line of Duty to the empathetic Joe and taking on Shane's story in The Virtues? I, I, it's just being given the opportunity. You know, I, I always think about how many John Lennons are sitting in the bedrooms that never get that chance. I bet there's millions. Um, so I think every actor is capable of, of being able to, to pull out some great performances if they're given that opportunity, do you know what I mean? If you're the kids, you'd always want to play in the footy team. So it's, it's, that, it's, that, it's being given that opportunity. Um, and flushed, you know, working with great people. He's the best person I've ever worked with in my life. I'd, I'd, I would love to work with him every single year. Of my life, do you know what I mean? I want to be in this next one. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it's it's been given that opportunity, and it's and it seems and it's someone. Shane was the first person to really have trust in me, um, and to make me believe in my own ability, which is exactly what he's done for yeah, all of us I mean, here. Yeah. And any actor in the audience, you know, I mean, look, people give a right arm to work with Shane. Do you know what I mean? And it's. It's just being given that opportunity, but it's being given opportunities. You have to be able to, to get the opportunity to be able to, to really immerse yourself into the work and show what you're capable of. Yeah, but some, some people unfortunately never have those opportunities. So I'm very lucky. Any more questions? Um, just, yeah, at the back. Um, hello, uh, my name is Emma. Um, Shane, you're just a god to me. I, <laughs> I contacted your agent last year because I did my dissertation on you. Okay. But you were in post oh, with yeah. this. I go into a deep, dark cave in the Cotswolds. <laughs> it was so <laughs> worth it. It was fucking fantastic. Just yes. put it out there. Sorry, swear jar. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> moving on. Uh, yeah. I'm like an aspiring actress myself. I studied acting in uni. Obviously, it's not the way for everyone. But like, obviously, Shane, you're such a different director in terms of the freedom that you give to your actors and like you say, the workshops and everything. But this is a general question to, to all the actors. How do you approach something else where maybe the directors are a bit more rigid? And like you say, you've got someone going, that's not the line, you've got to do this. And how do you like mould that character when you don't have all the the workshops and everything? With great difficulty. <laughs> uh, personally speaking, um, my first job ever was with Shane, and that for any actor, I, and I know that people go through different processes and land 
in the business in different ways. For me, that was going in at the very top, and I was absolutely petrified. And Shane does um, help you, and he's so grounded in himself and would say, I hope I'm right in saying this, that you were given an opportunity yeah. off the bat, and so you you pay that forward. We certainly yeah. did to me. I'm eternally grateful for it. And as Stephen said, not everyone gets that opportunity, but every actor works hard. God, self-tapes, what a nightmare they are. Everybody <laughs> works very hard, and every director, uh, my experience is limited. I don't know if it'll ever be as good. I'm willing to find out, but there's certainly a lot of freedom uh, in this job that there aren't in others. But what Shane does do uh, um, is inspire in you a want for the truth. And so I hope personally that I'll... Um, try and uh, obtain that with every director I'm lucky enough to work with in the future. And that lesson comes from Shane. Um, it's definitely a unique experience here. And it's very difficult to go to something else afterwards. It's rewarding in other ways. This is a special job. But uh, certainly what's inspired me working for Shane is to always look to be believable as a human being. That's, that's my ultimate goal no matter who I work for, and that's come from Shane. I like what Helen said, because what, what you're always trying to do is you're trying to be as truthful and honest as you can be. And then if you're given a script where you have to meticulously stick with those words, even though I don't sometimes believe that a human being might say something like that, but I think that that's the job of an actor to try and make it believable. And I think... You said to me, actually, my first day, Stephen, you said working with him was going to be the best thing you're going to do. And that was like, cheers, Stephen, this is my first gig. <laughs> 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 I didn't say that. I didn't say yeah, that. You're, like, you're never going to get this again. I was like, right, I'm just going to retire now. But, yeah, but, but working on this made, you makes, made me realise just the, the work you have to put in. And, and you know, we... we did a ton of research, yeah. you know, we gave us so much work <coughs> that you don't get in any other jobs, but that's when you make the time, and it's important to do that, and, and as long as you're staying truthful to you, the performance will come out. Yeah, um, for me personally, it's, it, it, that's, a, you know, hopefully that's our craft, you know, you, if, if you're a carpenter, you, you want to learn how to do different things, you know what I mean, you, you don't just want to build the same thing all the time. Um, and then that's where you're, you're, you have your bag of tools and you learn the trade and, you know, you, you study your craft and look for subtext and stuff like that. And, you know, you, you will have directors, like I say, who, who can be kind of, let's not say that are willow, they're a bit more solid, you know what I mean? And they won't adapt or move or bend. But that's where you, everything you play, you want to play with truth and integrity. I was backing up what these two have said here, do you know what I mean? And you always look for the truth within that situation and that moment that you're playing. But, with that being said, you know, not everyone. I've been lucky. I've, been, I've worked with some brilliant directors, thankfully. Um, Shane's like suddenly looking at it through a kaleidoscope and just going, fuck it, now. It, it uses a different part of your brain. You feel like you're Charlie in the chocolate factory and you've got a golden ticket, do you know what I mean? <laughs> so that's what it is. It's, and, and then you... What you learn from Shane is then you can take that into other things. Sometimes it'll get you in trouble, but uh, <laughs> but you can take that into you know you you, you take that you carry that, that them them lessons that you've learned and, and hopefully take them onto other projects. But yeah, it's 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 tough, but, but you know it's brilliant. Yeah. 
I think we've got time for one last question, right? Yeah. Um, right at the front. Hi, um, I have a company called Sense of Future Pictures. I'm very new to this business. My name is Teresa Pototska. I wondered, um, this is a question for Nikki. Uh, how did you come to be involved in this uh, production? And did it find you or did you choose this? And how do you, will you choose your future projects? Um, I asked him if I could produce it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, that, that sounds very glib, but basically I worked with Shane... Um, as a second assistant director on This Is England, the film, in 2005. Yeah. And in 2006, he gave me my first job as a first assistant She director. was the best first ever. <laughs> uh, if Nikki decides to stop producing, she's the best first that is. You're There's great, no first Billy. like her. You're great, Bill. You're great. <laughs> no, I've finished it! You oh, <laughs> but Billy's learned from Nikki, yes. so, you know... The spawn hath lived. <laughs> sorry to cut, sorry. But she was the best first ever. Thank you, Steve. I'm oh, sorry. Um, and then basically, um, I, I was a first assistant director for 12 years. And um, when I got the call about the virtues, um, I basically said, can a line produce it? Yeah. And I, I remember, I think it was Barry. I'm looking for Niall. I think it was Barry that, yeah, I think it was Barry that first called me. And he went, oh, uh, Call you back, and then he and then I got a call from Mark saying, oh, "Let's we'll talk about it and let's get you up here and let's discuss it." And um, it was one of these things where having worked with Shane alongside Shane, and it's one of, it, it goes for the crew as well as the cast. You can do something amazing like this is England eighty six, this is England eighty eight, this is England ninety, and then go do two episodes of Silent Witness. Um, no disrespect to Silent no, Witness. but it's so different. It's like, so yeah. it makes you... Be clear. Silent Witness in here. Let's not piss them off. <laughs> <laughs> I want to win one. <laughs> At some point. I'm <laughs> <laughs> only messing. <laughs> no, I do, but I don't. <laughs> no, I am not messing. <laughs> Somebody knows that joke. But I don't. Sorry. Silent Witness, she was saying. <laughs> <laughs> the amazing BBC One drama Silent Witness. That's it. Um, uh, but, but so it was a case of I'd got to a point it, being a first assistant director where I'd, I'd kind of done it and I wanted something new, I wanted something challenging and I knew that this man here was the person that would give me that break. Um, we have, oh, I've stood next to him on set 12 hours a day, day after day after day for 12 years. Um, and so when it came down to it, it, it seemed like a logical progression um, to be able to enable Shane's process, to be able to enable the cast to have the space that they need to be able to provide the performances that they provide, and to have an amazing crew that I know very well working for us. It, it just seemed like a perfect opportunity. And, um, How long did your line produce for before you became... About three weeks. Yeah. Before, <laughs> so you had two promotions in four weeks. It was, you went line producer, co-producer, producer over the course of about three weeks. Yeah, you? I did. And then you jumped from this onto a gigantic international series and have sort of flown the coup already, you little pig. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I've never seen anything like it. It's, it's vertical. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's, it's been an incredible journey to watch because from... Obviously, producing, you took your first, you know, you produced this and, you know, yourself and Mark and, um, and then you 
Nicky's gone straight on to do a, a very big period drama with the BBC. Um, and so... Uh, Who yeah. do brilliant dramas, especially Sarah <laughs> <Lewis. laughs> But again, it's that kind of, you know, and Vicky, uh, she, Nicky was amazing as, as the producer because with a producer, it's that kind of, you don't... And so is Mark. It's, it's people who are just... They have a tenderness and a care, do you know what I mean? But for everybody on the set. And that's what I mean about being a piece of a jigsaw. Mm. And I feel that we are genuinely all... If, not, if one of us weren't there, it would not be the same experience. And it's beautiful. And that goes right across the board. Mm. The cast, the crew, do you know what I mean? Down to the drivers, all the way, right the way through. Exactly. It's a beautiful experience. And you never want it to end. Yeah, it's like a long holiday with a little bit of work involved. <laughs> with, lots, with lots of anguish and pain. And <laughs> yes. But, but you, you never want it to end, do you? You do not want it to end, do you know no. what I mean? And when it does, it's like, you kind of go on a little bit of a downer for a bit. Yeah. Like, wow, okay. Because you never know when you're going to get that, that, that joyous, wonderful experience again, do you know what I mean? Mm. What a lovely note uh, to end on. Yeah, nice, um, nice. The Virtues will be on Channel 4 very soon. Um, but for now, please join me in thanking our amazing panel for being so generous with their time tonight, but also creating life-changing, soul-shaking television. Like oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.